0: So a lot of this then we're saying has to do with aligning our intentions with our effects right making sure that the way that we impact the people in our lives is what we are intending is the impact that we're intending to have being more intentional and, and more focused and more skillful in how what we say and do comes across to other people and how that's received
1: Hey, welcome back to Restoration Matters. We have conversations around restoring relationships with God and others. I am Nick Raymeyer, joined by Scott Lemkeman and Craig Thompson. Hello. Hello. Hello, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about defining terms. And we spent quite a bit of time defining what we meant by defining terms. So, I think this will be well articulated by now, hopefully. (laughs) Anyways, uh, defining terms. What exactly do we mean? Or Craig, could you define defining terms?
2: I'd love to define defining terms. Um, so basically, the the way that we're going with this today is just that there are certain words or certain terms or things that um, oftentimes come up in conflict and in conversation around conflict. And it's, it is common for the two people who are in conflict to define those terms completely differently. And so... If I have a term in my mind, so think of a term like um, safety or love or respect or other some other term like that, that if I have a term in my mind and a definition in my mind, and I am assuming that the other person would define it the exact same way, and they don't, well, every time I'm using that term, I'm basically speaking a foreign language to that person. and And when they use that term, they're speaking a foreign language to me. Right, right. Because we just, we see things completely differently. Mm -hmm.
1: I I just thought, so like if you, if you were to tell me like, Nick, I want you to build a new fence Mm -hmm. and there's already an existing fence Mm -hmm. and I interpreted it as, well, maybe I'll save time and money and use some of the existing wood posts that are there and just put new fencing on it. And I'm like, great. I saved hundreds of dollars and we got a new fence mm-hmm. but then you're like no, no 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 I said "New, I want a new fence I'm like yeah you got a new fence mm-hmm. you're like you know so there's a confusion right there is that you you may have wanted you know all new T posts all new you know metal pipe for fencing and H braces and all this stuff whereas I was like no I'm gonna do it this way because I thought
2: that's what you meant that was such an amazing hypothetical <laughs> example that you just came up with super hypothetical that did you we, guys just talk about this earlier but we didn't just have that conversation <laughs> No, that's perfect, but yeah, I think that that's. I mean, that is a. Um, that's just so such a common thing, and yet going into conversations. I mean, I make so many assumptions going into conversations that we're talking about the same thing, yeah. when when we aren't, right? Or yeah. when there's when there's, um, yeah, just kind of expanding on like, on respect, right? Because that's such a big thing, especially in the world today, of just like, okay, I want to feel respected or I want to show respect, but man. Whether it's in a different part of the country or a different part of the world, that term is defined completely differently, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, for instance, when like a, a head of state, you know, the president goes to um, England and they do something that like violates all kinds of protocol in front of the queen. You know, they reached out to shake the queen's hand, which is like so disrespectful, right? right? I love when the president goes to to england because they always do something like that where they were not intending to show any disrespect to the queen Uh and you would have thought that somebody would have told them not to do that they probably did but they're just so nervous or in that moment they do something that in their world in their eyes was respectful but in in that culture was disrespectful
1: yeah another one is there's always stories of people that Go to countries where they eat with their hands and when you eat with your hands in a country you usually eat with one hand and that's your right hand because your left hand is reserved for things that you don't do like things that you do in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and you don't eat with that hand because that's gross and people Mm -hmm. would freak out if they saw you do that and they do when you go to the countries and you don't know that and you start eating with your left hand they're like oh my gosh yeah that is disgusting
2: yeah Yeah. And so there's, so, I mean, those are more obvious examples where you're in a totally different part of the world. And so there's, everything is different, but when we live in the same town or we work at the same place, or we live in the same house, there's this assumption that we all are going to define these terms the same way. Mm -hmm. And so it is really easy to, to come into a conversation and think, well, of course they should know what, what respect means because we share so much else in common. And if they're doing something that, that I interpret as disrespectful, they know that they're doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it could just be that they define respect in a totally different way, and they've never considered that what they're doing is disrespectful. So a lot of this, then,
0: we're saying has to do with aligning our intentions with our effects, right? Yeah. Making sure that the way that we impact the people in our lives is what we are intending the impact that we're intending to have being more intentional and and more focused and more skillful in how what we say and do comes across to other people and how that's received
2: yeah yeah I think that that's true because because we oftentimes don't say uh, okay take an take an example where say uh, a coworker is um, playing music too loud at their desk okay and it's driving you crazy Scott and (laughs) never do that and then, no, scholars wear headphones. Yeah, I do. Um, you don't but, want to listen to my music. <laughs> but, uh, but when, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and feeling like everybody in the world knows that playing music loudly is disrespectful, uh-huh. and this person just does it anyway because they don't care. And so now in my head, I have, I have painted a picture of this other person as someone who's knowingly being disrespectful. Well, that now just informs what I believe about them, their character, how they view me, you know, everybody else. But if that person has no concept that this is rude or that this is, um, this could be disrespectful, they just think that they're going on with their day. Right. And so, so oftentimes when a confrontation happens, it's, A, is delayed because they know they're being disrespectful and they're just doing it anyway. Or B when it is when it does come out it just comes out as you are so disrespectful. Right? Yeah. It doesn't come out in hey for me when when you're playing your music loudly I interpret that as disrespect. Yeah. Is that what you're intending? In which case the person can calmly say, "No, not at all." <laughs> yeah. That's not what I'm intending at all. I didn't even realize that that was disrespectful, you know? Yeah. So so because of the assumptions, we just kind of go down the road a ways yeah. before we actually address it. And then it's addressed in a way that's not helpful.
1: Yeah. It makes me think of a, f- a funny example of my best friend. When we first started hanging out, he would always, we'd just be hanging out and be like, All right, what do you want to do, buddy? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds good, buddy. he say buddy. And like the more he said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I hate that. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're my dad. And you're calling me buddy. Like we're best friends. What? Yeah. And I finally told him about it and he thought it was so funny. He's like, Oh, I didn't mean that at all. Yeah. Like I just meant it like there's just an enduring term and I was like, Oh I was like, Okay, well we disagreed to not use it. But yeah. now we use it and it's we both kind of enjoy it and it's kind of a fun thing. But yeah. Just a small example of where that can be something that will agitate another person. Be like, Whoa, that's that's rude. It that sounds condescending. Yeah. You know, like we had to go champ or, you know. Yeah. Go get him tiger. Yeah.
2: They're like what? Yeah, get on you, chief.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I think that I mean th- that's a great example of just how how many different ways I mean this type of stuff can sneak in, uh-huh. you know, and um, and to be aware of that and to be trying to avoid that because so much of conflict just boils down to miscommunication. Yeah, and so I think that even just talking about this stuff, it seems like, oh my gosh, really? Do we have to do this? Mm. Can't we just can't we just all you know be mature about this? I, no. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it eventually builds up and and conflict comes out and rarely does it come out in a healthy way. And so practicing this and, and kind of looking for where are we defining these terms slightly differently can really be helpful.
0: So what would be what would be a tip off um, that this is happening? Like what what might you look for to th- to think, oh, I think that I might not be having the intended
2: effect. Well. That's a really good question. And I think that that one of the ways is when you are receiving a criticism that feels broad and that does not align with your intention. So if somebody were to come up to me and say, you know, man, I just feel like you don't even care about me. Oh, well, I do care about you. So we must be defining that differently. Um, How am I not, you know, what could I do or what, what could I Uh, change to show you that i care about you because i do care about you right now if that person came up and said you know i feel like you just have no respect for me and i don't have respect for them okay well then we should talk about that too right (laughs) like then then i'm not uh i'm not handling that very well
1: yeah and the question i want to ask is well what makes you think i don't care about you yeah right well first you would say like well that's not I really do care about you. What makes you think I don't? Yes. That's going to open up the box for the other person to say, well, when you said X, yeah, that I, that makes me feel Y. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, oh, right. So whatever that assumed term was that had not yet been defined now gets to be defined and gets to be
2: solved. Yeah. Because I know at least for me, if somebody comes in with a broad level criticism like that, like, oh man, you just don't have any respect for me. Well, my first my first response is going to be defensiveness, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Of course I do. List, 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 list all the things that I, I do that that I think I'm communicating respect for that person, or care for that person, love for that person. So I'm going to get defensive if I'm if I'm just letting myself go wherever I want, um, and and those objective things that I think are communicating the 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 respect or the care. Um, that I that they should be receiving, right? If if they were just if they could just understand me perfectly, you should see that I do respect you. Well, those things aren't actually um, being received in that way, mm-hmm. and so there's a tip off that maybe we're defining these things differently.
1: Right. It, it it even comes out in things like when McKenna, my wife, has asked me recently to take the air conditioner out of the window. And she's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, could you take the air conditioner out of the window?" And in my head, I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do that." That means for me, I can do it this week, maybe next week. I can Mm -hmm. do it today, Mm -hmm. you know, unless there's, for me, I guess I, I would usually assume things in a broader date range versus Mm -hmm. the immediacy of when somebody asks of it, which usually is not good for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's something I'm learning like, oh wait, I should assume that somebody asks something, they want that done earlier, or at least I could define the term Mm -hmm. with McKenna and say, yeah, when were you hoping for me to do that? Yeah. You know, today, tomorrow, you know what I mean? Things like that. Are, yeah. Those are good conversations to have. Totally. This also reminds me of the love languages thing where that is a, a way in which we're constantly defining terms, but as an essential term like love, you know, mm-hmm. like love language is all about in which ways do we receive love and understand love the best? In which ways do we tend to give love the best to show others? And oftentimes they're so different, right? There's how many like...
2: Five, five, yeah. What are they? Oh gosh. Um, okay, there's acts of service, quality time, gifts, um, physical touch, and words of affirmation.
1: Mm. Craig, what are you? How um, do you? How do you receive love?
2: I think um, physical touch.
1: Really? Yeah. You didn't strike me as that. Oh well. Sorry, I don't give you enough hugs.
2: <laughs> no, I think. Yeah, but I think that that's such a great example. Wait, I'm the only guy who has to say what theirs is.
0: What are you? Yeah, pretty much. No, what are you? Uh, Mostly air conditioners being in the right spot. <laughs>
2: that's a sixth one. don't know about it. Yeah, Nicholas.
1: Um, words of affirmation. Okay. I like those. No, that's not true. I don't know. I have to think. Let me think. Thinking.
2: Okay, we'll try all five on you in the next week, and we'll see which one you receive as love.
1: Yeah, physical touch is not one for sure. Oh. Um, acts of service. I want you to do a bunch of things for me.
2: Okay. And then I want you to tell me what you think of me. Okay. So I think these love languages are really helpful though, because it does, it kind of speaks to directly to the fact that, that we can show love in ways that other people don't receive love necessarily. And so, so when, so if I'm, you know, showing love in the way that I also receive love, but in, then that other person um, has a different love language, Is you know, is their primary love language, then then they're not receiving what I think is loving, right? you know, and so then this broad accusation comes out in a conflict or conversation, like either, you know, you don't love me or you're just so unloving. It's like, wait a second, hold mm-hmm. on. Yeah. You know, if my love language is acts of service and every day I get up and I sweep the garage and... You know, I make sure that your car is always topped off with gas. And I, you know, um, I, I take out the trash and I, I clean the dishes or whatever else. Like, these are all the ways that I'm loving. But that other person says, well, actually, quality time is my love language. And so when you're doing all of those things, you're actually not spending any time with me. And that's communicating that you don't love me. Right. Right. Totally. And so such a helpful thing to to recognize that you define that term completely differently than I do. Mm-hmm. And so now, I can, now now that I know that, now I can be aware that, that when I think I'm showing love to you, I'm not, and I need to do it in a different way. Right, And it can also give that other person the opportunity to see that, oh, when I'm doing all of those things that, that are taking me away from you, that that's actually a way that you are showing me love. Mm-hmm. So I can I can kind of broaden my definition as well at the same time. Yeah. So I think that in in a conflict or conversation that can be something I mean that right there is a huge takeaway that when a term is thrown out that defining that term saying whoa whoa, whoa hold on what do you mean when you say that you know what do you mean when you say you're so disrespectful what do you mean when you when you say you know I'm I'm uh I need your help right mm-hmm. because I mean that's another great example yeah. of uh, I need your help, okay, does that mean you want me to run in and solve the problem or or provide the fix, or does that mean that you want me to sit down and listen and and really just listen? And that's mm-hmm. it. you know so this is all of this stuff is really driving back to the foundation of clarify because um, miscommunication happens when when assumptions are made yep. and when we then when we continue down the road on an assumption that isn't shared. Yeah. And so we're trying to just clarify when we're defining these terms. Okay. When you say that, what what do you mean? You know, when you say you need my help, what does what does that mean? Because my intention is to help Mm -hmm. or my intention is to love or my intention is to respect or provide safety or whatever it is. And if you, if that's my intention, but you're not feeling that, then we might just be defining that term differently.
1: That's right. So defining terms is essentially clarifying. Mm hmm what is being assumed and how to move forward yeah. with the according action. Yeah. So to speak. So if it fits into one of our foundations, it fits in the clarify. Yeah. Right. That's really good. Yeah. And that's going to be helpful on all fronts, you know, especially like the example you just used, Craig of, you know, somebody wants to talk about something that it was difficult. And then the other person assumes like, Oh, they want me to fix it for them. So here's a solution. I'll solve it. And really they wanted you to just listen mm-hmm. and hear them out. Yes. You know. And that's a a great way to even start in your relationships with, um, defining those terms. Like, Hey, when you, you know, have a long day at work and you want to tell me about your day, is it helpful if, do you want me to give you solutions or do you want me to listen or you want both, but maybe at different times, you know, do you want me to listen first and then give a solution or are you looking for an immediacy to my, to help for the solution? Yeah. Or is it helpful just to, just to listen and not offer any solutions maybe until the next day? It's like, Hey, I was thinking about what you said yesterday and. I was wondering if this might be a good idea and way to move forward with that person that you're having a hard time at work with.
2: Yeah. You know, absolutely. Well, good. I think we should, um, transition into our segment of what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Scott, would you remind us what, what do you mean is all about?
0: Oh, well, what do you mean? What we do is we take a meme or, um, uh, kind of a, common saying or a short like witty picture with a with words that kind of express a, a certain sentiment or, or something that people think or feel mm-hmm. specifically around relationships personality that type of stuff mm-hmm. um something you might yeah. find floating around on instagram or facebook or just on the internet yeah. um and we take a look at it and we break it down
2: okay okay break it down we so, break it down so meme is spelled m-e-m-e yeah
0: or meme if you want meme um, yeah okay all right good don't assume <laughs> Don't assume
2: Alright So what do we have?
0: So what we have for today is um, It's a it's a simple meme And the picture is very simple What, what you've got is It's it's an owl The bird uh, The bird owl It's a dark owl though It's a dark owl It's like an Ooh, owl in the, the shadows, shadows. <laughs> um, You can't really make out Oh what kind of owl oh, Is this a Is this a barred owl Is this a barn owl Great horned mm-hmm. Screech uh, you know, what kind of owl is this? You don't know because it's A dark. Shrouded owl. And, the, the but, but what you can see very clearly are the eyes. It's an <laughs> owl shrouded in darkness yeah. with deep, fiery eyes. Fiery orange. eyes, orange, orange eyes. and yellow. Um, the pupils are reflecting the light, what little there is, because he's in the dark. And um, the text on top of this sort of um, brooding owl is, the version of me you created in your mind is not my responsibility Ooh. The version Of me You created in your mind Is not my responsibility
2: mm. The tone
0: of this feels
1: A little resentful mm. I think.
2: Yeah Definitely feels bitter mm-hmm. Yeah
0: So is that true? Are we responsible for The way other people think about us?
2: Well what I like about this is that it definitely calls out right away to um, to the fact that we could be defining things differently, mm. right? The version right there, that already just tells us that there might be more than one mm. version. Almost certainly there is. Almost certainly. And so they're saying, uh, kind, of, kind of embedded in this um, statement, is that you're wrong about me, right? You don't understand me. You don't understand me. And so i I think that that actually is helpful to to remember that that you know things are not always um, as they seem or the assumptions that we have are not always accurate right
0: mm. yeah and where it's yeah so this idea of um, the way that you think about someone else may not be the way they think of themselves, mm-hmm. and it may be inaccurate in some way, or vice versa, understanding that the way that other people perceive you mm-hmm. might not quite be the way that you perceive yourself, Mm -hmm. it may not be true. Um, Where it starts to break down though is essentially a removal of all responsibility onto one party. Yeah. Which anytime that there's a claim that all of the responsibility for something lies solely with one party, Mm -hmm. that's a major red
2: flag. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this is basically, could be summed up in this statement, not my problem yeah and that's not pursuing restoration right no because if there's a if there's a crack in relationship and we are pursuing restoration, we are coming to the table to say, I want to help and I want to I want to make things better, regardless of who bears the majority of the fault right we're both coming to the table saying that this is this is our shared responsibility
0: and one one of the assumptions behind, Removing responsibility from me completely onto you for misunderstanding me Is that I am a master of Mm self-presentation That when I walk into a room or in my relationships I am always perfectly clear about what my intentions are who I am what's important to me Um, what i'm saying to you is always crystal clear And so if you don't get that that's on you Mm -hmm. because i've done it perfectly.
2: Yeah,
1: which or or it doesn't matter If you receive it the way I intended at all Mm-hmm. Right like one either you do it perfectly or two It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know my actions The the effect that they have on you That's your problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: right And so the picture that we've tried to present I mean we had a all kind of had a whole episode on this um, uh, Take responsibility. Yeah is to say that there is never a situation where you can't take some responsibility There's never a situation where the results are completely out of your hands um, where you can't do something better, where you can't be more clear, where you can't be better at um, presenting yourself or um, communicating to another person. Mm-hmm. There's always room for me to grow. Um, regardless of the percentage of responsibility we can dole out, um, I I am responsible for how other people perceive me yeah. to a certain extent. Um, now, if I am being conscious about the way I present myself and if I'm being conscious about how I'm communicating and whether that's what's being received and I'm doing everything I can, then there is a place for saying um, this person either is incapable of, of working with me as I've tried, you know, over in many different ways to try to communicate and they just seem like they can't do it or perhaps they are not intending to. Mm -hmm. Then there is a point where you have to say like, I'm doing everything that I can um, to, to try to present myself to you in a way that's accurate in a way that you understand and I truly don't know what else I can do and I've done everything I can. Yeah. So there's, you know, as with every meme, there's a grain of truth to it.
2: Yeah, and I think that that, that is helpful because kind of on the sliding scale of of worrying about what other people think, um, if if I'm on one far extreme of just worrying all the time about what people think about me and other things like that, then yeah, I should I should come back Towards the middle of saying, no, it is is my responsibility to be to be genuine and to um, to to be to show concern for others and to be self aware of how I'm coming across to people. And at the same time, I I can't please everybody. I can't make everybody happy. And so there's gonna be, there's gonna come a time where someone's um, estimation of me or their their interpretation of something that I did is gonna be inaccurate. And I can't, I can't just stay up all night fretting about that. But really, the the problem with the with the sentiment here is just kind of that, like, well, I don't care, you know. This isn't that's your problem, and I can't do anything about it. And so, so good luck. Yeah, yeah. So the meme, the
0: version of you, the version of me you created in your mind is not my responsibility. What we're saying is. There's a grain of truth there because you are only responsible for what you are responsible for. Mm-hmm. But where it falls way short of um, what a healthy view would be is that you are responsible to a certain extent mm-hmm. for working with people and, and being better at communicating and being better at presenting yourself um, to that other person.
1: And you're welcome to live like this owl, but we would not suggest it <laughs> because you might be alone in a dark Darkly lit room by yourself. And Wait, that would not be good.
2: Are we assuming that the owl actually said this? I think that's yeah.
0: the idea. Or the owl embodies this um, ominous, this spirit of uh, detachment. It's and not on me. Wow. Pride.
2: Yeah, I was, I think, you know, we may be over attributing to this owl. Well,
0: uh, over attributing what?
2: The sentiment. He might just be a, a bystander.
0: Yeah, we're going to get so many emails from owls after this. That's true. You're an owl out there. I'm sorry. We're not trying to say that this is what you're like. Yeah.
2: But maybe you are. So um, whether you're an owl or whether you're a person, you are welcome to email us at podcast at rocksideranch.org with your um, thoughts, your um, topic suggestions, or really anything at all. Um, We'd love to get your email. Podcast at rocksideranch.org. And... I believe that's all that we have for today. So thank you for joining us. Remember, restoration is a process and it takes time and it is not easy. And it is sometimes feeling hopeless, but that's what we hope to be providing are some hopeful thoughts and and new tools that can be used to restore relationships with the people that matter the most to you. So stick with it and we'll see you next week.